Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome back to the Cubby's Crib podcast. This is your host Alex Pat, and we are announcing uh, something kind of significant tonight. Uh, this will be permanently hosted by myself. Jake Meisner is going to be really busy during the season with other things in Cubby's Crib, so um, yeah, it's going to be me. And joined with me is Adam McGinnis, one of our own. So he and I will be the guys from now on moving forward uh, until further notice. So we have another good show for you tonight, and I want to welcome in my co-host, Adam. How you doing? Well, he uh, doesn't appear to be... Uh, in right now, so we'll try to get him back in in just a sec. Sorry about that. Um, Adam, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. There you are. Sorry about that. Folks. All right. How are you doing hey. today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing very, very well. So uh, not a whole lot to talk about tonight regarding the Cubs themselves. They're kind of in the dog days of the the spring training, you know, it's, it's mid March and they're making cuts and pretty much cuts that we know that they're going to make. So it's no real big news there. Um, We may touch on a few things in a little bit, but the first topic I wanted to discuss was Jake Arrieta leaving uh, officially now. I mean, we knew he was going to be gone, but he's officially gone. He signed with Philadelphia, a three-year deal uh, is going to be making $25 plus million a year for the first two years of his three-year deal. We know that much. Um, Adam, were you surprised by the move? A little bit. I don't know that the Phillies are ready to contend this year. It is a pretty gutsy move on their part. But I could see them being pretty close within the next few years. So if Arietta is still a decent enough pitcher by then, I think it's a good move for them. Um, I am a little bit surprised that he got so much money. Um, We knew he was going to have to settle for a short-term deal, and that's what he got, but he did get a really high AAV. Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of people can agree that he peaked with the Cubs because what he did with the Cubs was historically good. He had the 177 ERA in 229 innings in 2015, That led him to winning the Cy Young. And then the year before, in 2014, a lot of people forget, 253 ERA, 226 FIP that year. So 2014 and 2015 were extraordinary years for him. And then in 2016, we started to see the command be an issue a little bit. The walks really jumped up. They went from 1.9 per nine innings to 3.5. So that's quite a bit of a jump. And then last year, we saw some inconsistencies. He gave up a career-high 23 home runs last year and a 416 fielding independent pitching, 
168 innings pitched. He had a little bit of an injury issue there, but nothing really that significant to sideline him for, you know, the entire season. But um, do you think that it's good that he went to the Phillies for the Cubs' sake? Oh, absolutely. Uh, If you had to go anywhere in the National League, uh, the Phillies, that's good for the Cubs. Uh, He's not on the Nationals, probably the other powerhouse team in the National League, and he's not with the Cardinals or Brewers in the Cubs division. So, yeah, it's great for them. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like if there was a possible suitor in the National League, that the Phillies would be a better option than the Brewers, Cardinals, or Washington Nationals. Uh, those are guys you don't really uh, want to mess around with because if, let's just say the Brewers got Arietta. Do I think that they would be like far and away the best team? No, but it would still put more pressure on the Cubs because, you know, that, that that's a pretty significant get. Even if he's not what he used to be, so to speak, that's, Still a pretty big piece added. So it's a good thing that uh, he stayed away from there. Also, could you imagine if he went to the Cardinals? Oh, that would have been – it was bad enough when Dexter Fowler went there. That was pretty hard for fans to handle. I think Arietta going there would have just been even worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't think I could handle that uh, two years in a row, but – At least we don't have to worry about that now. So I don't think there's much more I have to say about Arietta. Um, Why don't we just, since we're on the topic of other teams getting players, there's a few guys that recently signed in the MLB. You had Neil Walker and Lance Lynn. Uh, Lance Lynn going to the Twins, and you had Walker going to the Yankees. Did any of these moves surprise you, and do you think they were good moves on the parts of the teams that got them? Uh, I'm not surprised by either move, really. Uh, I think the Twins did really well getting Lance Lynn. He's going to help that team out a lot. I thought the Twins were already pretty close to being uh, up there with the Indians. I don't think they're quite good enough to contend for first place in that division, but I do think that they could easily make a wild card game again, and Lance Lynn is going to help out with that tremendously. Yeah, I agree. I I said at the beginning of the season that they needed more pitching because like that's, that was obviously one of their weaknesses and it's been kind of weird with the twins the past few years because they're either really good or really, really bad. And a lot of what caused them to be bad is the lack of pitching. And you look at their staff right now. um, Does Lance Lynn automatically make like their team, amazing when it comes to starting pitching no but it's definitely a good addition it'll be interesting to see how he does in the american league uh in a division that has the indians the upcoming white Sox, and even though the tigers are old still some good hitters there and like miguel cabrera and then uh neil walker is interesting because he's kind of an underrated player but the the market for needed second baseman wasn't really that huge. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say infielders in general, there just wasn't really a need among the contending teams. But Neil Walker is a pretty underrated player. He has been for quite some time. 
I think it's a pretty sneaky good move by the Yankees. If anything, it gives them. Yeah, and you know, with his swing, he's got some decent pop, so I think he'll do really well at Yankee Stadium. So he's a good veteran guy. Obviously, Glaber Torres isn't quite ready, and it's kind of nice that he's not in the NL Central because if you remember, he was a killer at Wrigley Field. He would murder the Cubs. Oh, yeah. That was always annoying. I've been present for him hitting a grand slam at Wrigley Field twice. Two years in a row he did it. One was on opening day of 2011 off Dempster. The next was against, I think it was Casey Coleman was pitching in a 2012 game. Right after the trade deadline, they sold everybody. So, yeah, you know, that was that was, so uh, was some good memories there. Yeah, yeah, stuff we'd like to forget. But, yeah, those are really kind of the big signings. Uh, and Mike Moustakis going back to KC, not really surprising there. Uh, at least I don't think. Do you think? No. Um, a lot of people were unhappy with his contract, but the fact of the matter is Mike Moustakis, besides 2015, has been really just an average player, if not slightly below average. I think he got a pretty uh, fair deal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Mike Moustakis, when he came up, he was supposed to be like the guy. He had all the tools. He had defense, power, hitting. And he's had some good seasons. Like last year, he had a career-high 38 home runs. But, you know, overall, it it hasn't translated to what they thought he was going to be. But it's... It is what it is, and he helped them win two pennants in a World Series, and I think they pretty much know what they're getting from him uh, at this point. So I I think that pretty much wraps it up for moves made in the uh, MLB right now. Let's move on to the Cubs themselves. Um, I said earlier we were going to touch a little bit on spring training, the dog days, yada, yada. Not much to talk about, but Ian Happ. He's still doing his thing. Do you think that this is a spring training fluke or that he is really demonstrating his abilities? It's always hard to know whether or not spring training success will translate into success at the start of the year. But because Hap was so good last year, I'm, I don't think it was a fluke. I think he's more motivated than ever to win a spot as a regular on this team. And I think there's a really good chance he could be the leadoff hitter opening day. Yeah. um, I'm not sure who's going to be pitching for the Marlins. I think it may depend because if it's a lefty, it'll be Almora. If it's a righty, it may be Ian Happ. So it's very possible. Um, But yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think that it's not a fluke and he's demonstrating what he can do. He's going to be a guy that, is incredibly motivated because he knows what his strengths are, obviously power, but he struck out a lot and he's going to be working a lot more on discipline. He's going to be working a lot more um, drawing walks, which is obviously part of plate discipline, but also in uh, good pitch selection because we've seen him get baffled by, you know, breaking balls off speed in the zone. So there's going to be a lot for him to work on, but, I think the tools are definitely there, and it's very encouraging what he's showing. Um, how about Kyle Schwarber? 
Uh, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he's showing the power again, and he's showing the power to all fields. We saw in the game last week when we were on the air, he hit a, like, not an opposite field shot, but a right center shot. So he's still hitting balls to all areas of the field. Um, he's had some good at-bats. He's had a couple at-bats that I've seen where he's gone from 0-2 to 4-2, which is always a good sign. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kyle Schwarber right now? Yeah, I'm not too worried about Kyle Schwarber's spring. Uh, his spring numbers overall are still very good, but I've said for a long time Kyle Schwarber doesn't need to hit for a high average to be really valuable for the Cubs. If he's healthy for a full season and he's playing well enough to be a regular, he could be a 40-plus home run guy. And if he's doing that and getting on base at a good clip, which he's proven he can do, then he'll be a tremendously valuable piece in the Cubs lineup. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that this year, like Ian Happ, he's really going to go out and prove it. I think that he has the right mindset. Uh, We've talked about what shape he's in. He's in great shape. Uh, Take that as you will, but I have to feel that there's some contribution there to what, what that could do in a performance. Maybe it adds a bit more agility. We've seen him try to steal bases, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if that's really going to be part of his game in the regular season like it was in spring training, but at least it shows he's willing to take some chances, and sometimes that can translate into something good. Uh, So moving on, uh, I don't know. Is there anyone else you wanted to talk about first? Uh, No, I think uh, that about covers it for me. All right. Well, uh, moving on here. I wanted to talk to you about this new minor league rule. And in case you didn't know, they are implementing the start runner at second in extra innings. So in other words, when an extra inning game goes into the extra innings, every start of an extra inning, there will be a runner on base. And said runner is going to be whoever batted before who's due up to bat first or a pinch runner. Um, long story short, I would absolutely despise that in the majors. It's one thing to say it in the minors, but I'd hate it in the majors. Adam, what do you think? I've been pretty vocal about this for quite a while because this idea has been floated for a long time now. Um, I, I absolutely hate it. Um, I really can't put it into words how much I hate it. The bottom line is it's not baseball. Um, Baseball is unique and great because unlike football and basketball, there's no clock. And so why Rob Manfred is so obsessed with trying to speed the game up, I'm not sure. Um, But the the risk he runs here uh, in trying to get new fans with pace of play is alienating the fans he's already got. Yeah, I I get that he's concerned about fans in the game, but this is not the way to go buy it because, I mean, what's it going to do? You're going to see a lot of bunting, and you're going to see probably a lot of run scoring, but you may just be going back and forth. And, frankly, how many 17-18 inning marathons are there a year? Not that many. So I don't really see how this helps in any way other than kind of hurt a game you're just going to alienate your own fans. I just, I don't really understand it. And it's also kind of weird because like 
they're going to be assigning like a quote team error to to score the guy that's on second that's automatically put there, but no one actually on the team gets the error. That just doesn't make any sense to me. No, I just don't understand it. And another thing too is. A lot of times, if a baseball game is going to extra innings, then it was probably already an exciting game to begin with. Right, exactly. So, I I don't know. I feel like also there's a problem with the whole, well, free baseball thing. It's like, okay, but if people stick around and you're buying stuff like concessions, isn't that making – I know they cut beer sales off, but – if the concession stands are open throughout, I mean, doesn't that make more money? I don't know if every stadium stays open as late, uh, if they close the concessions at a certain time, but you would think that if you stick around longer and people serve at the park, that's that's good for you, right? Oh, yeah, it's great for business. And I'm not sure why so much attention is on baseball anyway. A professional football game and basketball game will easily run three hours or more. Uh, but nobody ever criticizes their pace of play or how long it takes. I'm not sure why baseball is getting criticized for this. Yeah, I maybe it's just because it's not timed and that it could go as long as it needs. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I know there's a concern about the younger generation, but, I mean, personally, for me as an avid baseball fan and for many avid baseball fans like yourself, it could be two hours. It could be four hours. I'm still going to watch a game. To, to me, right. it doesn't make a difference. And here's the thing. They're doing this because the age demographic for baseball is a lot older than football and basketball. But I don't necessarily think that pace of play is the reason. Here's one thing that the NFL and NBA does much better than the MLB. And Jake has touched on this before. Major League Baseball does not promote their star players very well. They've got a youth movement going on right now with guys like Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, Mike Trout. All these guys are superstars, but we really don't see them being marketed very well. And if they would, then I think that would attract some younger viewers. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that the way they don't market those guys – is very hurtful. And I think that if you did a better job of marketing the guys that you have now through what they've done, you can market Altuve, Bryant in these epic World Series games, whether it was Game 7 of 2016 or last year in that crazy Game 5. If you marketed how exciting those guys are in those moments, I, I, I think that that would help you a lot show that these people are full of personality and that baseball is exciting. Like I thought that it was very good for baseball to have that epic game five in the world series last year. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, They've got something special there with all these talented young players. And I'm not sure why they aren't taking advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think maybe that, just their mindset is just, it's, it's not there. It's just not in the right spot. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. I really, really don't. Um, 
it's it's too bad, but you know, I I don't know. I don't know I could say any more about it. It's we'll have our opinions, but I don't think that's going to stop them. And unfortunately for minor league baseball, they don't have a union, so they really can't speak out against this. Uh, No. And I don't, I don't really mind it being in minor league baseball right now, mostly because I'm almost positive. This is not going to reach the major leagues. I would say that probably most of MLB's viewers are not on board with this proposal. And I would also guess that most of the players are not on board. And if those two things are both true, then I, I don't see how they could implement it in the majors at any point. Yeah, I think it's very unlikely too. And I understand the argument in the minors when people say, well, we want to shorten the games because the importance of the prospects. That's an argument I do understand. Um, would I be all for it not necessarily would I protest it no because I would more understand where they're coming from uh but yeah I I I, if it gets to the majors I would be pretty surprised I just I don't like the fact that it's it's kind of being thought about right now even if it's not likely it's going to get there the fact that they're kind of doing a trial on this, I, I don't know. I, I just don't like it. It, it. There's just a yucky feeling towards it, but, you know. I agree. Like it's I said, it's well, annoying whether or not it makes it or not. Just the, the prospect of it is irritating. Exactly. That, that That's the perfect way to say it. So I don't think I have anything more to say on that. Um, we have some time left, so – I wanted to go back to baseball people who have not signed. And there was a little bit of talk brewing about Greg Holland. And this isn't from anyone official. This is just kind of online ramblings. The prospect of the Cubs signing Greg Holland. And I think for what Greg Holland wants, for where he is right now, I don't think that's happening. I think this team is set. What do you think? I think, yeah, the Cubs improved their bullpen dramatically this off season. I was really impressed with what they did. I wouldn't be opposed to a Greg Holland signing if it was a realistic contract. Um, he's been a decent pitcher the last couple of years. I didn't pitch in 2016. Uh, he was okay in 2017. He's probably not the guy he was in 13 and 14, but if they could get him on a reasonable contract, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But if they can't, I think they're that the way they are yeah I agree and I'm not sure where he's going to end up I think that the Colorado Rockies they've spent their money on their relievers including former Cub Wade Davis don't think he's going back there I think obviously someone will pick him up it's just a matter of who and I think for him I don't really have any major ideas where he's going to go I just think that some team will come up and get him. I've heard the D-backs being floated, but uh, what I wouldn't be surprised to see happen is if uh, a bottom-feeding team goes out and gets him and rolls the dice on him having a really good year so they can trade him to a contender mid-season and get some prospects for him. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, And he may realize that if he can't sign with 
a contender right now that his key to getting to a contender may be that. And he'll say, okay, I'm going to sign with this team. And I know that if I have high value, they're going to trade me. So I'm going to pitch really, really well. I think that may be his way to get on a contender, but Hey, maybe someone like the diamondbacks will reach out who are contenders. I feel Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Then we have a Mr. Alex Cobb. Still nothing. A lot of people around him are now signed. Arietta, Darvish, Lynn, not Alex Cobb. Do you no. have any any thoughts on him, on where he may go? I still think that uh, the Brewers could be an option for Cobb. Um, my thought is that he's probably still asking for too much, the fact that he's still unsigned at this point. I he's agree. really too good of a pitcher not to be on a team yet. But yeah, I think it might be something to do with his demands, but there's still plenty of teams he could end up on that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, because the thing is, the Brewers said that they're done making big moves or pretty much any kind of move that isn't maybe a really small one or a minor league deal. So I don't know if he's going to go there, but it's the perfect fit. They need more pitching, and I think Cobb would be a good get for them. And I've been saying that the Cubs were – or the Brewers – should go after Cobb the second that Darvish signed with the Cubs. So it's like, I don't understand why they would be kind of hesitant to. Maybe they thought that they spent enough money with Lorenzo Cain and that they took on enough with uh, Christian Yelich. So maybe that's their thought process. It's just, it's kind of mind boggling because it's the perfect fit. Now, if Cobb's price does go down, maybe the Brewers do snatch him. But the the other funny thing is, there's plenty of teams that could use an Alex Cobb. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I agree on the Brewers. Um, Chase Anderson had a pretty good year last year, but who knows if he'll repeat that. Zach Davies is a decent enough pitcher, but after that, the Brewers' rotation really is nothing special, and I think someone like Cobb would have really helped them out a lot. Another team that I think could be – in the running for him are the Yankees. I know they've made a ton of moves this off season, but after Severino, Tanaka, and Gray, you really don't know what you're going to get from Jordan Montgomery. And CC Sabathia, as old as he is, you can't count on him being solid this year either. Yeah, that's kind of what I've said. I think that that's a real good fit there. Um, and he knows that knows the division well. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they, if they made that kind of move with Alex Cobb, you know, there's another team that I was thinking about with Alex Cobb and that was the twins, but I feel like since they spent on Lance Lynn, that they're not going to go after Alex Cobb, even though I feel like if they went after Alex Cobb, that would be another pretty big addition. And we're talking about Alex Cobb here as a really good number four We're not saying that he's going to be an ace or a number two by any means, but his importance to a rotation in terms of depth, there's value there. Do I think that teams are seeing as much value as he wants? No, obviously not, or else he would have signed. But there is value, clearly. So I have no idea what's going to happen with him. 
Well, here's the thing about the Minnesota Twins. They were in on you, Darvish, reportedly, and I guess they were right. serious contenders for him for a while. And I know they couldn't pony up quite as much cash as the Cubs, but it was going to be probably close to $100 million. And so if they could do that, if they were willing to do that, then they've surely got some uh, salary left for Alex Cobb. Yeah, definitely. It's it's going to be interesting. I think that Alex Cobb is going to be pretty disappointed in terms of what he was expecting at the beginning of the offseason compared to where he's going to end up, uh, both money-wise and you know, team-wise maybe. It depends on who's you know going to offer him a job. It's funny because, honestly, I thought Cobb to the Cubs back in like late November – I thought it's not a matter of if. I thought it was a matter of when. Yeah, I did too. It, everybody made it sound like Alex Cobb at the Cubs was a sure thing uh, just because of the connections with his former manager, Joe Madden. But, uh, yeah, that obviously didn't materialize, and it looks like he's been asking for a little bit more than he's worth. Uh, teams just aren't willing to shell out that kind of money for a pitcher that, quite frankly, comes with a lot of risk. He's got a good resume, and he can be a very good pitcher, but there is a significant amount of risk there, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that once the U Darvish rumors started, and that was, eh, I don't know, December-ish, because, remember, it kind of came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, wow. Here is you Darvish rumors coming up that we didn't think possible. It, it almost like went from, okay, Alex Cobb is going to be the surefire thing to, well, if we can't get you Darvish, then we'll settle for Alex Cobb. Because going into the off season, I was all ready for Alex Cobb. I'm like, I want them to go after him. I think he's the most realistic. Let's do it. And then the U Darvish thing came around and then he was just kind of pushed aside for obvious reasons because U Darvish is a lot better than Alex Cobb, but it really is kind of amazing how things change like that. But do you have any dark horse team that you could see Alex Cobb going to, if you just had to think of one off the top of your head? Um, Let's see here. I still think uh, the Cardinals or Brewers could be in on him. I think they should be. Um, I would say maybe the Nationals. The Nationals are still in win-now mode. Jake Arrieta was kind of rumored to be on their radar for a little while too, but Cobb would be significantly cheaper than Arietta. And with Scherzer and Strasburg and Gonzalez there, I think Cobb sitting in that rotation would give them maybe the best in the league. And so I think it would make some sense for the Nationals. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, way to put it because they have a really good top of the rotation when you look at Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. But what we've seen is the lack of depth, and obviously that has resulted in them not getting past the NLDS. I mean, think about it. Last year against the Nationals when the Cubs faced them in the NLDS, Tanner Roark was supposed to be the next guy in line to face Arietta, and then it ended up being Strasburg because of the delay, the rain delay, and they had to push it back a day. So I think that's very telling. And frankly, the Nationals, I think they know that their window is really small and that this could be their last legit chance at a championship. 
uh, for some time. So I think they should just kind of go all in with him. I agree. Um, Another team that I think could be an interesting fit for Cobb in the same division as the Nationals is the Mets. They're kind of a a wild card right now, and we don't really know what they're going to do. They've got a lot of talent on that roster, but they just can't stay healthy and put it together. Um, Their rotation on paper should be great, but they haven't proven that they can stay healthy at all. And if they're going to make a playoff push, then I think Cobb could be good insurance for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of another team that could maybe go after Cobb, uh, like you said, Washington would be a, a good fit. But I also could see – I don't know if they have any more money to spend, though, but you know, the Angels like to spend money. And let's face it, even with Shohei Otani, a lot of their rotation isn't great. So maybe he'd be a reinforcement there, especially if they could get him cheap. Right. I think the Angels would be a pretty good fit. Um, I'm not sold yet on Otani. I don't think anybody should be. I think the talent is definitely there, but I don't think he's going to end up being the two-way superstar a lot of people think he is. I think he's going to end up being a factor more on one side or the other. And uh, apparently he's not looked very good at the plate, so I'm thinking it's going to have to be on the mound. But I don't think he's going to be an all-star caliber pitcher this year. I think he's going to need a season or two to get acquainted with the MLB and work out his kinks. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be some adjustment period there. And the way that the angels are built right now, they're trying to go all in right now. And with guys getting older, like Pujols, Trout in his prime, uh, some other guys just kind of hanging around there. I think that they really want to try to, go for it this year. And I think that their target is at least a wild card because it's really going to be hard to beat the Astros um, in that division. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Alex Cobb. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of theories, but who the heck knows at this point? Uh, So we have about 10 minutes left in the show. Um, Let's kind of steer back our thoughts towards the Cubs, since this is indeed a Cubs show. Question I had for you was, what do you think of the pitcher batting eighth versus ninth? I wanted to ask you this, because we saw Joe Madden do that in 2015 and then kind of stop. I saw that come up again. I don't know. Someone might have tweeted it. Um, Maybe it was just a casual conversation. I don't exactly remember where, but would you ever want to see that again? I don't know why I thought about this, but I I figured it was an interesting question to ask. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I know Joe Madden loves to do it. Um, I know it's it's an attempt to, uh, to get more runners on, but I'm not sure the numbers really support the claim that that works. Um, I think he'll probably tinker around with it. And if it works, he'll keep doing it. If not, he'll uh, bat the pitcher ninth like most teams do. It's not something I'm overly concerned with. Yeah, I'm not either. It's not really something that I thought about much. I mean, sometimes I forget that that was a thing in 2015 before I kind of saw someone bring it up again. So 
obviously I wasn't thinking about it much, but yeah, maybe he'll do it every now and then. It's Joe. He likes to do some wacky things, but you know, we'll see. Okay. It's just so, one of those things. If it works, it works. If not, then it's, it's not a huge deal. I don't think it's, it has that much of an impact. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were times where I was frustrated when the pitcher spot came up in a, in a big situation because of that but in the end of the day things always tended to even out so yeah now you I definitely agree with your point there okay so another question I had last week we talked about the potential of like Chris Coughlin signing a minor league deal and there's no real rumor with that we just talked about it as an idea more or less we talked about Jimenez uh we talked about spots on the roster um we might've touched up on Peter Borges. I can't remember, but I think it's pretty clear who's going to be making the roster out of camp and who won't be for the most part. We saw some more demotions today. Jen Hosang was demoted. Uh, Rob Zestrizny was demoted. Uh, so again, not really surprising there. Let's say they need to bring up a bullpen pitcher. Let's say there's an injury or they just they need to fill a spot, who do you think would be the first guy you'd call up who is already in the minors or is likely going to be in the minors? You th- would you rather go Rob Zestrizny? Would you rather go Jen Hosang? Would you rather go Dylan Maples? Who would be your first guy to call up? For me, I would go with Rob Zestrizny. I'm not sure uh, Sang is quite ready. I think he might get his shot at some point later in the year. But right now I would go with uh, Rob. Uh, he's got two seasons of uh, major league experience, so that's out of the way. Um, he's familiar with the team, with the environment. I think he's probably comfortable enough. Um, yeah, I would say it would be him. Yeah, I agree, because he's shown success before, and he's shown some good stuff. I like him a lot, and I think he's the perfect guy to kind of fill in every now and then. Not a guy that obviously I would trust in a huge situation late in a game or anything like that, but definitely a guy you could rely on to do the job here or there. Um, what do you think of Justin Grimm? I think he's going to be cut. It just His spring has not gone well at all. I haven't seen any signs of improvement uh, still, even after a week. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. I might have said it last week, but I I think he's as good as gone at this point. Yeah, I would say that his chances of uh, making the team are pretty bleak. Um, He was fantastic in 2015. The Cubs have had high hopes for him since then, and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, He was pretty bad in 2016 and even worse in 2017. He shows flashes of of what he can do, but he just is not consistent enough to make it work. And I don't think the Cubs are going to be rolling the dice on him for much longer here. Yeah, I think that if he is going to have success in the future, it might be with someone else. They got two good years out of him, especially 2015. He was a great asset in 2015. I think he had a sub-2 ERA that year. But the thing with those relievers is that they don't always have long shelf lives. And you milk what you can, and once it's out, you move on. I'm kind of surprised they went to the effort to bring him back because of his struggles last year, but you know, maybe they saw promise in him still, but so far in spring training, it's not looking good. 
I hate to say because I liked him for several years, but yeah, it, it just looks like it could be the end of the road of him in Chicago. All right, uh, Adam, do you, do you have any more thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off tonight? Yeah, I just want to say that um, if you're putting ketchup on your French fries, you're saucing like a pleat. Uh, barbecue sauce is the king, and if you're not using barbecue on your fries, you have no excuses. That's all. Oh, boy. Uh, folks, uh, I just want to inform you all that Adam is the king of hot takes. And though I like barbecue sauce, that was a very, very hot take. Very. Um, my my takes are 100% correct and guaranteed to change your life for the better. Yeah, I'm warning you now. Um, if you don't want to experience those kind of horrific statements, leave now and cover your ears because uh, the takes are going to be coming more and more as we speak. <laughs> we're going to get into entertainment. We're going to get into more food. I think we're just going to have a take segment at the end of each show. Does that sound uh, like a good idea to you? Yeah. I just want to say to the listeners, don't listen to Alex. Uh, let me help you. Let me help you eat like a king. No, it, it, come on. This, this guy this guy has no decency. I mean, he is a self-admitted knob, even though I'm a self-admitted plebe. But trust me on this. You don't want to listen to Adam on this. Uh, not, but no, not, you're not, if, forced not to. if you want to eat. Not if you want to have the optimal meal, no. Oh, for <laughs> Well, I guess we'll continue this conversation next week, this oh-so-riveting conversation so that pretty much wraps things up here. I want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. Um, next week, we're going to try to uh, maybe get some guests on the show, maybe have some more of you guys call in. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties early on in the show. There was a bit of a call-in glitch tonight, but luckily for my co-host, Adam, it all worked, except I do kind of wish it cut out when he made those uh, catch-up comments there. Those were uh, pretty, pretty bad. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all have a good night. I uh, hope uh, you have a good week as well as we draw closer to the MLB season. Thanks for listening. This has been the Cubby's Crib Podcast. He's Adam. I'm Alex. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody.